Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. So, uh, summer movie marathon. It's uh, summertime here in Allen, Texas. Summer, summer, summertime. <laughs> I think we need to put together a soundtrack at some point, like crazy songs from the Known Legacy podcast. We could find them. We, we probably could. But anyways, um, th- one of the movies that's coming out that I, I really want to see is called Tag. And it's about this group of friends that have uh, been playing Tag for like obnoxious amount of years and, and everything else. It yeah, looks it's like just 30 years. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks fun. And it reminds me, when I was in high school, we played a, a, a version of that Tag and we called it Thailand. Okay, have you Thailand? Yeah. Nope. So so the whole thing started off with, hey, what's the capital of Thailand? Do you know? <laughs> okay. And it's Bangkok, right? <laughs> and so you ask that to the guy, and he's like, uh, it's Bangkok. And then you do that, you right? Do that. And so in high school, we're <laughs> we, walking around for like an entire semester terrified that a guy would come up and just, and we, we cut out the verbiage, and we just would, it, it, it was the nutshot game. It was the nutshot game. That's what we did. And it was horrible. It started on the football t- team, you know, and you're just like, Wah! and oh my gosh, man, you'd see guys laid out in the hallway with tears and the rest of us like, yeah, we did it. yeah right. The reason why that's important. <laughs> well, it's funny because I got a guy who's 20 years older than me. That's like my mentor. Does he my still guys, do it? <laughs> every time he sees me, <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks. Good it's, seeing you It's too. the love tap. It's the love tap. I don't know about that but it's the good game coach yeah <laughs> yes only played with good friends only played with good yes. friends but the reason why i bring that up is uh i had a opportunity to talk to a, a good friend of mine his name is billy and uh, he's a pastor in, in the illinois area and, and we were sitting down and he had one of those life moment nut shots where mm. out of nowhere came this absolute hit to the gut wrecked him and his wife in some crazy ways. And um, so this podcast that we're going to go into is is um, him processing through how God was faithful and how he helped his wife through what was a very, very, very difficult season for them. Um, and so I, I, I think it's going to be encouragement for us because yeah. we don't know when it's coming. We don't know where it's coming. But I do know this. When you live life, gut shots are going to come and they will wreck you and they will put you on the ground crying. And so here's some words of encouragement from uh, Billy. Check this out. So this is Travis. Um, Lake Hayden, I think we are in Idaho. Lake Hayden. Um, had a conversation uh, with some uh, friends about mind development. And let me tell you, it was way over my head. However, um, I got to see a good friend of mine and uh, Pastor Billy, or Billy is his name. And uh, he has not lost my number. I haven't. uh, (laughs) I haven't even deleted it yet. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Billy, Billy. Okay. Anyways, Um, anyways, and so today in our in our podcast, um, had a chance to journey with uh, Billy through uh, kind of a hard time recently. Uh, And so, uh, I guess what I want us to wrestle with is, as we are a student of our wives, um, there are times and season when gut wrenching moments will happen. And uh, all of a sudden, those things that you invested in or did not invest in have to be uh, leveraged, so to speak. And so, Billy, uh, if you would feel comfortable, kind of introduce yourself to us and um, kind of tell us a little bit about your story, and then we'll unpack that and kind of have a conversation. 
Yeah, man. So I'm Billy Newell. So I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Woo-hoo. Go Texas. Yeah, we go can Astros. That. Love that. Astros. Yep, they're definitely going to go for round two, hopefully. And uh, for now, we'll just enjoy the Rockets. But um, yeah, I, I have a wife, and her name's Kristen, and three kiddos now. Um, and I have the privilege of of being a pastor. But uh, I say but, but you know, like the most important thing to me uh, is to make sure that I'm loving my family, man, and getting to be a um, a good dad and a good husband. And I'm not always great at it, but trying to learn on it. And with that, you know, as our family grows, we get to go through this roller coaster ride of ups and downs. And anyway, so I got a son that's six, two daughters, four and two, and oh yeah, man, life's on the run. Oh, I can only imagine. I can <laughs> only imagine. So um, to kind of set this up, Billy and I, uh, we were at a conference together called Best Practice Ministry or Mission or whatever. And uh, Billy, like me, goes to these conferences and yet attends nothing. Um, Hey, God's all in the <laughs> non-planned conversations in the hallway. That's all I'm saying. So we find ourselves at the bar across from the conference, mid-afternoon, enjoying a pint together, talking about life, and he tells me this amazing story. See, him and his wife have three kids, and they decided in November that they were done. They yeah. wanted no more kids. God had given them the right number of kids. That was it. That was it. Then December happens. Yeah, we pers- went on vacation. Yeah. And uh, one thing led to another, as it does sometimes on vacation. Definitely to another. <clears throat> and uh, Billy referenced uh, or, or let me know that come mid-January, late January, maybe early February, yeah. um, he's woken up at 3 a.m. with a pregnancy test being thrown at his head by his wife, who happens to be uh, somewhat um, not as joyful... Well, how would you describe her? I mean, I think a good word would be surprised. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, I describe her as amazing to start with that, but well, she, um, <laughs> she <laughs> we the we fact were, she was throwing the pregnancy test at you at three a.m. I mean, it, it was kind of gives you a, some, yeah. an assertive thrust, yeah. in the face <laughs> of like, look at this, and no, I mean, it, <laughs> everything we didn't hope for is currently happening. Yeah, you know what? Like it was. It's hard to even describe that moment because first off, you, you're in the, you're asleep, and so then you're thinking <laughs> as fast as your brain can't think to like what is the appropriate response in this moment, and uh, there is none. I, I'm usually the guy that is like I can go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. We're gonna right. figure this thing out. And in that moment, I'm just like, what is happening here? This is crazy. So so that and that was like okay, we're pregnant. We're gonna have four now. No big deal. Yeah. So we oh, yeah. schedule an appointment. You know. Oh yeah. Did, go and get it checked out. Make yeah. sure you hear the heartbeat. Make sure you see everything fine. Was it was yeah. it a journey for you guys to to kind of come to the because you had decided two months earlier you were done. Your family was complete. Yeah. You didn't have to buy a new car. You didn't have to upgrade. You got rid of all your baby stuff, all of your cribs and a everything bunch of else. It. Yeah. And now you find yourself. And, and now we're pregnant, so we're thinking we can we can we go back and ask them for that stuff back? But <laughs> you know, that doesn't work that way. So we're just putting pleas on Facebook to try to get more stuff again. But yeah, so we're thinking, okay, we got to rethink this whole plan, right? And and um, you know, so you go to the doctor. We go to the doctor. And, oh yeah. And you know that we're pros. We've done this before three oh, times. Yeah. We've got this. So we're we're at the doctor's office and and we're going through the whole ultrasound thing. And this time we've got my youngest and uh, and one of our kiddos with us and Josiah because he wasn't feeling so great. And 
Yeah, so he sailed from school. He came with us. So this was kind of the newest part, and we're like, hey, buddy, just look at that screen, man. It's going to be cool. Don't worry <laughs> about what she's doing with mommy. And, um, Those are the great awkward moments yeah, as dads, aren't they? Super awkward, and you're just deflecting to the screen. And But it was cool because so we're thinking, all right, we're going to be able to see this, and we're going to hear the heartbeat. And we've done this enough to where we can kind of see what we're seeing. We, right. know, we know what we're seeing up there. We almost do this for other people. And, and it came into view, and then it went away. You know, they're trying to get the sweet spot. And and um, we're like, we look at each other, and we didn't have to say a word. Oh, no. We're like, oh, no. This is either a child that's blown up in there. <laughs> oh, no. Or there's two. Oh, yay. Yay. Five kids. <laughs> two is better than one. <laughs> <laughs> so were, was anything else thrown at you at that moment? No, we were both so, honestly, at that moment, we were both so, like, shocked with joy and and fear and, and the, to, to, to the credit of the folks that were serving us that day, they were so excited that these yeah. were, like, twins, totally like, legit twins, not legit. like, you know. Yeah, they were, the, spontaneous is the word they kept using, okay. like, and I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Three months ago, we wanted no more kids. It was super spontaneous. <laughs> The moment, even no. So we're we're like, wow. Okay, they're so joyful. Obviously, we should be too. We should be excited about this. We're gonna figure this yes. out. And so we're going home. And now, like as the the guy, I'm I'm processing practical stuff, right? I'm like, I I can't have a Ford Escape anymore. Nope. There aren't enough seats, and I'm not allowed to throw you know the car seats in the back hatchback. <laughs> so gotta figure not that anymore. out. We we're not in the 70s. That's right. Like my day I could do that and just sunbathe in the back, not anymore. And yeah, we're just starting to process all the stuff that has to change. Like right. I, all right, now our house is too small, but everybody's oh, gonna, everybody's sharing golly. rooms. Everybody. You know, <laughs> you're all Mom sharing. Mom and dad sharing a room, everyone's sharing a room. Everybody. She's going to let me back in one day, but I'm going to share a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one day I'll be able to sleep in bed with her again. And <laughs> so so that's all the stuff that's going through your head. And and it's so crazy, though, because people started showing up. We're like, hey, yeah, you got twins. We have twins. Let me tell you some stuff, you know, like right. we'll, we'll help you through it. And, you know, sleeping. How are you going to get them to sleep at the same time? All this stuff. We just start figuring it out. Like, so you went from this, um, like, resolution, we're done, to this unexpected, we're pregnant, to this spontaneous. Spontaneous. Dose eques. It's going to be a new party of seven all of oh, a sudden. Yeah. Right. New party of seven going all in. That's good. And uh, and so, and so then you start to come to terms with that. You kind of realize that. And you're kind of like finally getting excited about this. Like you're, you're getting like jazz and, it, you know, all no of that question. stuff. No question. You're starting, like we were starting to already imagine like how cool is it going to be. Like they're going to be all, they're going to love each other so much. They're going to be so connected. We have a basketball team. I, true story. Like I, <laughs> I did say that. And I'm like, it's going to be co-ed. No big deal. You know, my son is like, I, I want a brother, dad. And I'm yeah. like, well, you might get two, dude. So like, <laughs> it's going to be cool. And, you know, so, yeah, we were we had finally just said, look, this is reality. Right. So you can be mad. You can you can just be in so much shock that you try to ignore it or you just like move on with what's real and start figuring things out and, and figure out what what this new life is going to be like and love it. You know, right. like, and so that's we had definitely started to get to that point. And, you know, we then things changed again. Mm. So we were just going in for a usual checkup you know it's just classic stuff where you're how, going in periodically how far along were you um just about 11 weeks right okay. and so um we go in and 
we're just kind of going through the motions, really, to be honest with you. And um, and we're doing a normal ushery. It's just supposed to be an ultrasound. And um, when we went in there, and I had Naomi again with us, our youngest. And when as soon as as soon as I saw the ultrasound on the screen come up, I was like, you know, something's not right here. Mm. And the the ultrasound technician, God love her. I mean, I I can't imagine being in her position. Uh, you could tell she was kind of like, okay, well, you know, the external monitor's not quite working, so let's no. go ahead and 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 try the other one. And and so they did that. And and um, what was missing, you know, was in the, in the screen. Usually, there's a little flashing fuzzy part right in the middle right and um ultimately to 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 make make the long story short you know she had the unfortunate duty of letting us know that there were no heartbeats for (sighs) for either one man and so can't imagine you know that's like march 8th uh this year and yeah, I mean, that was, you know, she wasn't supposed to have to be the one to tell us. So they say, oh, you know what, let me check and see if you're on the doctor's schedule today. Well, we knew we weren't. And so, like, we're both smart people, and so both of us knew something was up. Right. And And um, so they took us into the room across the hall and had us waiting for the doctor, who unfortunately was off on a delivery. <laughs> and and so we waited for a long time just kind of sitting with that, and, and, and ultimately, you know, the the ultrasound technician had to come back in and yeah. and confirm, look, you know, yeah, we want you to wait for the doctor. And she's, you know, tears in her eyes saying how sorry she was. And, you know, in a moment, grief just kind of reached down and crushed us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and so Kristen, my wife, is is overcome. And in, the, in, in that moment, you know, as a husband, you're, you're like, okay, I, I'm I'm the strength here. Like I gotta I gotta be strong and right. I gotta support her. And oh by the way, we have our youngest daughter who's also crying now because mommy's crying right. and but and she doesn't know what's going on. She has no idea right. what's going on and, and yet she's empathizing with mommy because right. mommy's crying and and um and now hopes and dreams immediately boom like that gone. And I think that's what I wanted us to wrestle with today, and that's why I wanted to talk with you today, is because I think a lot of guys find themselves in that very hard, difficult situation, whether it be the loss of a mom or dad unexpectedly, whether it be a kid coming down with cancer unexpectedly. I mean, I say unexpectedly, like it ever is expected. Um, and in those deep seasons of grief and mourning can be very, very, very hard on a marriage, can be really hard on a relationship. And from a distance, I saw you and your wife kind of journey through that honestly, but also, I think, in a healthy way. And and I guess that's what I, I wanted to, to, to kind of wrestle with, like, for guys that have been there, for guys that are there, or the guys that are about to be there, what would you say to them? Like, like what does it look like to mourn in those moments of deep grief? Yeah, well, for us... Um in the beginning of it, I, I, so as first off as a pastor, like I walk through these moments with people all the time. Right. And tons of, of different experiences of life, um, young and old. And, and, um, 
you know all the right things. You're going to grieve. You're going to be in denial. You're going to be angry. You're going to negotiate. Uh, and and then in the end, all the you, stages of grief. Stages of grief. Right, yeah. Right, right. And and then in the end, you're going to come to grips with the new reality, and and you're going to move forward and learn a new life. And and um, it's all easy to say into someone else's grief. And as soon as it's your own grief, like all that's out the window. Right. Um. And and it, you're experiencing it instead of just talking about it. And and um, th- you know, I've I've dealt with with death and and my distant distant relatives and stuff. And this was a, a unique kind of grief, man. Um, it just it was extremely intense. And so what I would say to people, for one, is is it, we were so blessed to have people around us, um, that that were a community of love and support before this ever happened. Right. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're on our team and, and, you know, immediately they were able to speak into our circumstance and lift us up and care for us. And, and two, two things in particular happened that I think stand out in this scenario, besides the food that was cooked for us and, and everything else. Um, number one was someone else that had gone through this and, and they said, um, you know, at first when we were grieving, um, we didn't realize why we were bumping into each other. How and, do you mean, what, do you, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that, that is... You mean the two couple, the, the husband and wife, kept hu- bumping into each other? Kind cor- of? Correct. It was like bumper cars, but no, not really. Um, the, the husband and wife, they were grieving, and yet they they were grieving in different ways. Right. And and so the the fact that they were grieving in different ways was causing them to kind of bump into each other, you know, on life's journey. And sometimes that was an argument. Sometimes yep. that was that was frustration with why the other isn't moving on. And it, or this, isolation and either. Where it's just like you, you find your cave. And I think that's one of the things that, that from the very beginning is um, navigating that tension between isolation because there is a, a part of mourning that has to be done just you in your heart and in your thoughts with the Spirit of God. But then there's this communal need, and how do you balance that tension before we go too far down the rabbit hole of, of like needing to be isolated, wanting to go to your cave, but realizing that if you stay in your cave too long, it will destroy you. Yeah. So, so the, yeah, there's a, there's a touchy balance there for sure. Um, and probably different for everyone. Absolutely. You and know. the key may be <laughs> nothing more than just saying there's a balance and, and make sure that you're pursuing that at some level in some way. Yeah, every person is different. So, I mean, like, look, I'm an extreme extrovert. Like, right now I'm thinking, and you can tell because I'm making noise. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> out loud, right? Like, like, I didn't write, I'm not writing a script here. I'm thinking. And, and my wife, on the other hand, is the exact opposite introvert. And so for each of us, like, for me to be grieving out loud, you know, that's that's draining uh, for someone who's an introvert. And, and yet for the introvert that needs to just think things through for a while, the right. extrovert is like, Hey, let's talk about this, you know, <laughs> and and um, hey, the sun's up. Let's talk. Yeah, absolutely. My eyes are open, and that means I need to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it really comes down to is just understanding you're going to do this differently. The husband, the wife, uh, the kids, everybody's yeah. going to grieve differently, yeah. and they're going to deal with loss differently. And and if you can give yourself permission and kind of live with an extra measure of grace for each other for a season, wow. yeah. Then, then the bumper cars won't be so intense. How do you manage that idea of like we're gonna work, uh, we're going to mourn differently, but we need to mourn on the same team versus we're gonna mourn differently, which will create separation in us that may never be repaired. 
Right. Well, I, all I can say is some of the things that that we were blessed to experience and and go with that, right? Like, Absolutely. Like I would not, in, in by any stretch of the imagination, like claim to be the morning expert. But for us, the the second couple that spoke into our grief that was that was more powerful than we can ever imagine was a couple that had actually gone through um, experiencing this kind of loss of a miscarriage and losing their child. Um, really just a few short months before us. Okay. And and they were able to speak into, hey, here are some of the things, the decisions you'll have to make during those times whenever you're not expecting to have to make those decisions. And, you know, the the things you can do together. And and so so here's some of the things that, that for one, we did. Uh, you know, for us, the first thing was to acknowledge that Hey, we're we are um, a couple that believes that these were our children, and um, so right away we 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 named them, and um, we were blessed uh, to be able to experience delivering them and to hold them, and for both of us uh, getting to to um, hold our children and name them was a powerful experience that that we were able to do together, and. Right. And so then, um, so there's that something that you're doing together. You're naming your children together, just like you would normally. And yet, in the middle of grief, you're naming your children together. So, so lean on some some of your common values. Leaning on your common values. Your common for, beliefs. Absolutely. And then doing some things together. Okay. So ultimately, I mean, it's just acknowledging that that what you believe is going to inform the way that you live your life and the right. decisions that you're going to make. And for us, we believe these are our children, and so we're going to name them, and and they're gonna, they're a part of our family. And so Newell Party of Seven, though we don't get to see it just yet, it's a real thing. It'll be there. It'll be there, right? Like it's it they one day, you know, <laughs> it, it's to come. And and so we named our kids. The second thing is is uh, that was powerful for us is to pick ways to remember well. Oh. Um, for us, right away, the image of a butterfly just just popped out. And right. and for us, you know, the, it's the image of this butterfly really that starts as a caterpillar in a cocoon and 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 really just looks like something that's ugly and dead. And yet, there's going to come a day whenever it it breaks forth and it's a butterfly and it's right. going to fly away in all its beauty. And for us, just to to be able to imagine that 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 though our two children we 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 don't get to see them for a time, there will come a day. Uh, and so we're leaning into our hope that one day we'll get to we'll get to see Emory and Faith, and and so um, how does that look different though for each of us? For for Kristen, um, we were able to to purchase a necklace that had birthstones for all five of our kids now. Awesome. And 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 to to lift up uh, purchase a ring that has two butterflies on it and and their names engraved in them, and it's it's another positive way to remember them. Lean into it. Don't ignore it or pretend like it didn't happen. And, and I think sometimes there's, there is that desire of just like, you know what? This never happened. It's no big deal. Just forget about it. We'll push it down. We'll ignore it long enough. We'll forget about it, and we'll just move on. And what I hear you saying is like, no, 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 no. Embrace it somehow, some way. Lean into it and redeem it for something positive that reaffirms kind of what you know to be true. Yeah, absolutely. That You couldn't have said something closer to the truth and and we experience that with people that now it's like all of a sudden you're in this terrible club together that you've shared this experience but but more people came up to us and said this happened to us da, 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 but we've never talked to anybody about it right and so what you realize is is yeah when, especially in this 
this is a very specific kind of case where you, you've, you've lost an unborn child. Um, but even still, for, for any kind of loss, a lot of times people will do that. They'll shut it down and they'll just try to move on and keep distracted or whatever. And, and for us, it was to say, no, we need to be able to talk about this. We need to be able to, to um, talk about how uh, we're experiencing grief together and, and give us permission to talk about it in the way that we need to. Well, and you also said earlier on, um, extra grace is needed, you know, extra grace is needed. And, and don't be afraid to, to give yourself extra grace as you're mourning through this. And I think a lot of times, again, as guys, we feel like we have to be the provider, we have to be the protector. And so let's rush through this, whatever this is. And once I get beyond this, everything will be fine. And what I hear you saying is like, no, give yourself grace. You have to. It'll take time. And there will be moments that you think it's behind you, only to be reminded a few days later, it's not. It's right there. And and grace is when when you just take some grace and you're like, still here. So, and the key is to just to be able to say it out loud. Like, man, you really? know what I'm thinking about Emory and Faith today. And oh. and then, so then that's like the cue. Um, oh, okay. So, so Billy is thinking about them today and, it, and it's, it's evidently a kind of a harder moment. Right. So now Kristen knows... Okay, let let's uh, let's live in grace for these moments, and and vice versa. You know, right. just to be able to say, you know, like I I miss them, and I wish I could hold them, right? And and then then I can say, you know, I do too, and no, in those moments, then let's let's give grace, and and Kristen is going to be in a time of reflection right now, and it's okay, mm-hmm. and I'll go and I'll kind of take the kiddos in and help help them, you know, do whatever we're doing, whether it's breakfast, dinner, lunch, everything in between, um, knowing. Let's give her some time and space to right. do this, and so so that's all there. And and to be able to do that and to talk about it openly, one of the things that most people underestimate is is how awesome your kids are in that. Mm. And and so for us, right away, we were you know partially our kiddos were with us through some of these these ultrasounds in the journey, and and but we just call a thing what it is. Right. And and. Sometimes I think we try to overprotect our kids, right? And right. like they can't handle the real things of life, right? Right. And and we're able to talk to Josiah and Addison and say, you know, Josiah, you know, we have some we have some hard news today, and, right? And and Addison the same, and and to say, you know what, um, our the babies died, and just to say the babies died, and you know, yeah, they're sad too, right? But what's been so powerful to see is they're so, um resilient mm-hmm. you might say and they're so much better at being able to just talk openly without being overcome by grief and and in many ways they have been healing for us too and and we'll be talking about stuff and and it'll just come out they'll just talk about you know oh yeah great grandma Gigi died and and, right. and 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 the babies the twins died too and we can say these things and it's like yeah you're right they did and because you come from a a, a a faith of the cross, the, a faith grounded in Jesus Christ, you, you know, and this is the hope that we have, you will see them again. Absolutely. And, and and you won't, yeah, you'll see them again. And that's the greatest thing. You will hold your kids. Yeah. I can't even express to you the, if, if I couldn't imagine going through this without that hope. Right. Um, to, to experience this and to just say they're gone forever and, and there's nothing more. Um, and, and for us to be able to say, you know, there will come a day when there's going to be a family reunion again. Yeah. 
and New World Party Seven is going to step up together, and we're going to get to get meet whatever it looks like. I, I won't pretend to know what it looks like. like. We talk about that. We're like the kiddos asked us. Josiah asked the other day, and, and he's like, "There better be donuts." He's like, in "Will heaven. they That's be able to talk to us like we talk?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Maybe Jesus can take care of that part. Like he might be teaching them how to talk to us right now. I don't know, but but I hope you know right. and." And and it's so powerful to be able to say, you know, one day whenever we see Gigi and whenever, you know, we see uh, uh, great grandpa Peters and, and we get to see Emory and Faith again. Yeah. Um, it's so powerful. And so th- there's a verse that for us um, just stuck home to us. Right. And carried us through this in a powerful way. And it's, it's from First Thessalonians chapter four and some verses. And, and but but you know, it says, dear brothers and sisters, um, we want you to know that. What will happen to the believers who have died so uh, you will not grieve like other people grieve without hope? And, and it says, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to, to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him believers who have died. And to be able to, to, to lean into the Psalms that just talk about how like God knew us uh, and wove us together in our mother's wombs. Right, right. And and um and before we were ever born, he knew the number of our days. Right. And so we were able to say, you know what, for whatever reason, in God's wisdom, the number of their days was a lot shorter than we had hoped for. Yep. And yet he has a place for them. Yeah. And and we'll get to see them and experience this this amazing family reunion one day. And yeah, we cling to that hope. And that's that's something that, that we can speak to openly and confidently with our kiddos too. And and they oftentimes speak more confidently right. than we do, right? So in closing up what words would you, I guess, two sides of the coin. The one side is if there's a dad listening that finds himself in a situation where maybe they've been mourning for a long time or maybe it's just a brand new mourning that they have to go through, what would you challenge or encourage him to say, here's what mourning different looks like. Live in that. Don't let it separate you from your bride. Yeah, two things come to mind right away. Number one, um, cry like a baby in front of whoever gets to see it. Um, uh. As dudes, we're so prone to being like, I ain't gonna cry, you know, and I got, <laughs> Not some, I got something in my eye. It ain't nothing. It's popcorn. Got in my eye. That's right. an eyelash. Um, but, but just like everybody else, we gotta model that for our kiddos too. Right. And for my son, I want him to know that daddy can cry and, and we're gonna be alright. And at the end of the day, um, that demonstrates an insane amount of strength. Right. Uh, for him to be able to do that too, for my daughter to be able to do that too, and know it's okay to cry too, and and um, and the second thing uh, that comes to mind uh, would be to just to be so mindful of the fact that 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 you are there and you're not going to fix everything, um, but you're there to be present with your wife and your kids, and and your job is to learn and to be watching closely at how do they need to mourn. Gotcha. And and it's not our job to rush the process. Right. Um, so 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 that would be a parting shot to, to hear people say stuff like, why don't you just get over it? Like that ain't it. Nope. Um, uh, to be able to say, you know what, you take as much time as you need. That's it. Right. And in the end, uh, that that also frees up you to take as much time as you need. And I would say don't let isolation win, which is the second side of the coin. If you were talking to someone um, who was a friend of a guy going through a difficult morning or a difficult gut check season with his family, what would you encourage that friend to do for the guy who's grieving or mourning or 
wrestling. Yeah, I would say, look, if you know somebody that's going through this, reach out. Say, hey, let's go talk. Don't and and don't give up reaching out. Don't even yeah, don't even you really truthfully, it's not saying, hey, do you want to? Don't even say that. Right. Because nobody wants to. Uh, it's to say, hey, let's go have a beer. Or hey, let, let's grab a Coke. You know, hey, let's hey, I'm gonna be over in fifteen minutes. Um, I'm gonna pick you up and we're gonna go out and whatever. We're gonna go drive by the lake and go fishing. Right. Whatever. Yeah. And, and and I don't know about you, but I've noticed that sometimes um when you're doing that for a friend, um, the reason why they don't want to hang out sometimes is because they're terrified that the entire conversation is going to be focused on that. The greatest gift you can give them is to take them out and give them a break and talk about what is seemingly insignificant stuff. Because as you navigate that, you give them the grace and the permission to maybe just maybe sit with that grief a little bit and then ultimately share it. That's right. They, they in their time. Right will will know when the moment is right and they feel comfortable sharing. So just to, to be able to share the normalcy of your friendship right. with them will pave the way for um, the moments of grief to come up. And I think a, a question that has been asked of me um, when I've gone through difficult season, I think it's a good one, is this. Dude, how can I help you mourn through this? Right. You know, and give them the permission. And there's a good chance they'll say, I have no idea. And then just say, dude, I'm here for any time, any place, for whatever. That's right. And, and and in fact, you don't even have to have answers. No, no. Because your answers you probably can. are not the answers that actually need to be heard. They're, the best thing I ever heard in this moment from a friend was, look, uh, there's nothing I can say, but I want you to know I love you, man. I'm here for you. Mm. And, and uh, that was refreshing because there's nothing you can say to explain the pain away. It's just, it's just going to be real. Um, but to know, man, there's people here. They love us, and they're present, and 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 in the moment when we need them, they're there. Correct. Amen. Amen. Billy, I, I appreciate your uh, conversation. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, um, man. If you guys are out there and you're struggling or wrestling, and uh, you don't have anyone close to you, hit us up at info at knownlegacy dot org um, through an email. We get back to those in in 24 hours or less. Um, and I just want you to know that if you're in a season of mourning and you feel very separated from culture or from others, you're not. There's a God who loves you, who is, um, it says, it promises, is close to the brokenhearted, or another translation is crushed in spirit. Mm. And I, I think that's a, a good word and a good way to end this of saying, um, man, God is close to you in these most difficult of times. Amen. Amen. God bless. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.